Hello and welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyon. We're glad you joined us today and we sincerely hope that you're blessed with today's message. This is the beginning of a three-part series and I've titled this one this morning, Chosen by God. Chosen by God. Look at your neighbor and tell them, Chosen by God. And that is Mary who we're going to talk about. How many are aware, I never knew this growing up, but how many are aware that Mary had five boys, including Jesus. The Bible says she had five boys. It lists them by name. I didn't know that growing up. Not only that, the Bible mentions she had at least two daughters. doesn't mention them by name, but it mentions that she had at least two daughters. So a total of seven kids that she had after Jesus. This was a young woman that found herself in a predicament. Look at your neighbor and tell him, predicament. Any, anybody here ever been in a predicament where you don't know what to do? Uh, fear will strike you. Confusion will strike you. And, and you don't know what's going on. This is where Mary found herself. So I, I want to turn to our sermon text this morning and I've put that on your outline. Let's just stand for the reading of that please uh, in Luke chapter 1 if you have your Bible uh, or the sermon outline. And this is out of the English Standard Version. And it starts, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, says the following. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her, who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. Let me say that again. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be me. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for this word. We pray, Lord, now that you give us anointing. Lord, give me anointing to the words that I speak. Holy Spirit, speak, and that the, the ears of each one here would, would receive what the Holy Spirit has for them today. So I pray, Lord, your blessings upon this service, as well as in Kids Church today. And we pray that in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated this morning. Amen. That's going to be all for the calisthenics today, up and down, up and down, all right? But you're welcome to stand up and continue, you know, praising God. Amen. So 
after reading that sermon text, and let me just kind of give you a little bit of background. Back during these times, when a person was betrothed or engaged, typically for a young woman of that time, they were approximately 13 to 14 years of age. Everybody look at the person next to you and say, 13 and 14 years. You can think of when you were 13 and 14 and try putting yourself in that position, right? It doesn't work, or at least you would have, right now you're thinking, oh no, heavens no, right? And so that was the custom. They would get together, uh, a man and a woman, and they would go to the parents' house, each parents, and they would then agree that this union was meant to be. That was the first part of it. And then the man would then tell the, the future father-in-law, I will give you a goat for your daughter. I will give you a camel for your daughter, or whatever they thought she was worth. And they would haggle that out, and then he would buy her, essentially. And then for a year, they were typically betrothed to each other or engaged. Very different than what we do now. We don't, I didn't have to pay my father-in-law any camels or any goats. Okay, number one, I didn't have any. Number two, she was worth much more than that, and I could never have bought, bought any of that. So uh, this was what they had to do during the, this time. So Mary here is a young girl, not even a woman, but just a young girl. And this angel, Angel Gabriel, this is the same angel Gabriel that showed up in the Old Testament as well. This, this uh, angel showed up a couple of times. The scripture that we read, Isaiah 7, 14, uh, during that time, he was, he was prophesying during that time to people. He, he revealed himself to many others other than Mary. Oftentimes we just think of the angel Gabriel in this story, and that's all. But there's much more to the angel Gabriel in the Bible. So here, Mary is showing a simple demonstration of faith. She didn't question God. She, she just said, uh, you know, she was confused. She, I'm not sure how this is all going to work out. I, I, I believe it. She didn't step back and say, oh, whoa, hold up. No, not, not me. How about my next door neighbor? You can choose her. You can pick that one. That one's a little bit better off. This one has a little bit more finances. You know, she didn't say any of that. And uh, so the story goes on to say that, um, that she became betrothed to Joseph. And uh, let, me, let me back up here. The book of Luke was written by a man who was a doctor. He was one of the apostles of Jesus. He was a doctor by trade. Now, now just check this out. I'm just throwing this out here for free. Luke knew more about how kids were born, how the miracle of life happened. He was a doctor. Yet here he is, the one writing these words about the virgin birth. That was faith right there. Do you, you follow me? He wrote what he knew was, was, was happening. Here was a man that was a, a man of science, a man of, 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 of facts. And here he was writing down what was a supernatural miracle. Because it actually happened. See, this is what you'll run into out in the world. People will tell you, you believe in that virgin birth nonsense? Come on now. Jesus was just a man born of a woman, which Jesus was a man, and I'm getting ahead of myself. He was born of a woman, but born of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one that impregnated Mary, if you follow that story. So again, Mary was not a prophet or a priest. The Bible says she was simply a young woman living at home, 
betrothed, engaged to this man. She was going to get married. She was on her way to get married when this angel all of a sudden showed up. Wouldn't that be amazing if an angel just showed up in the middle of your life and said, look, behold, this is the news I have for you. And what would be our reaction if that were to take place? Amen? So here she is engaged to this man. She was pledged to him for a year. They had to go through this year-long process of belonging to each other. And it was really a time of, of really kind of testing on both parts to make sure that they were suitable for each other and that, that there was nothing going on. And, and all of a sudden, she's now pregnant. She's now pregnant. Explain that one, right? Explain that one. How do you think, not only did, how, how did Mary feel about this, how do you think Joseph felt all about this? He's going, you what? Who told you what? And, and here he's thinking, oh, she's lost it. And uh, this is, uh, I'm done with her, you know, because they were supposed to be faithful to each other, true to each other. They were not supposed to have intimate relationship during that, that year-long process. After they were married, then they would live together. At this time, they were living with their parents. Okay? So here, they were pledged, not officially married. And, and this was the second step. This was the, the a leap of faith where they had to remain together. And, and so as they were living separately, this is when Joseph and Mary received this news. And uh, Mary... As she heard this news from this angel, realized that her life would never, ever be the same again. Never the same again. Here she was now, approximately 13 years old, engaged, and now pregnant. Talk about confusion. Talk about fear. Talk about, I don't know what to do now. I don't know where to go. Left, right, uh, straight ahead, back. I don't know what to do now. You can imagine what her parents thought. You said, yeah, right, what, some Holy Spirit. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah. You, they, they knew, she was like, well, did you hear her? I, I never heard her. I went to bed. I never heard her sneaking out. She must have, I mean, you can imagine all the talk that was going around. And, and not that our world is like that, but you can imagine the rumors. Oh, there she goes. You know, the rumors. You know, and they're all talking about Mary. Because... They didn't believe the story of the virgin birth. See, it had never happened before. God specifically picked this woman who he favored and used her to bring Jesus Christ our salvation. Amen? He had to pick somebody. Someone always has to be willing to be used. Someone always has to be willing. So here, while Mary's young, she's poor. The Bible says she's, she's a female. All the things that are stacked against her in that culture... Young, a female, poor, she, everything's stacked against her at this time. Yet God chose to use her. How does that parlay into your life today? Do you feel that God could never use you? Do you feel that life's beaten you up or, or spit you out and said, well, I'm pretty much useless at this point? No, 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 no. We walk by faith, not by sight, okay? And so did Mary. Mary chose to believe and said, Lord, if you said it, even though I've never even heard of such a thing, I'm going to believe it. Amen? Amen? God chose Mary for one of the most important acts of, of obedience that life has ever demanded. 
Mary had to be obedient. See, God knew something in her heart. See, when God chooses you, he knows that he has something to work with. You're, you're pliable. You're bre- are you breathing today? Then he can work with you. Doesn't matter who you are, how old you are, what you've been through. If you're breathing today, God can work with you. The question I have for you this morning, are you trusting God to do the impossible in your life? Everybody say the impossible. impossible. Now say nothing is impossible impossible. to Almighty God. God. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? Amen. Because that's what God wants to really convey this morning, I believe. The, The Holy Spirit wants to speak to you today and say, nothing is impossible to those that believe. What is that? Fill in the blank for your life. Fill in the blank. What is it that you think is impossible? Fill it in today. God says nothing is impossible. Amen? Amen. I want to take you to your outline. The first point I have here real quickly. I have three, three small points here today. God's choices. God's choices. Are you trusting God to do the impossible in your own life? And on your outline, I put, don't limit God's choices. We, sometimes we limit him. We, we, we tend to think and live life as if we are God. We, we tend to say, well, God, you can only do this. Really? God put this world into existence. He said, let there be day, let there be night. He, he, he created the animals. He created you and I. And yet we choose, we tend to limit him. We decide what he can do and what he can't do. Take him at his word. Take him at his word. His word has so many promises declared in here to you. But many of us don't follow up on that. We don't say, Lord, I take your, your word. And that's why I've put this, uh, this, uh, this scripture in here. Proverbs 3 and verses 5 through 6. Trust in the Lord with what? All your heart. Does it say half of your heart? 90% of your heart? It says all of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. Because our own understanding will often take us in a negative way, in a negative direction. And the Lord is saying, no, that's not the plan I have for you. My plan is that you walk this way in, 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 in obedience to me. And I'm going to bless your family. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless those, your descendants and those that follow you. And it goes on to say in, in verse 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him. Means that when you get up in the morning, you say, thank you, Lord, for a good night's rest. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that I can breathe today. Thank you, Lord, for a closet full of clothes, for shoes to put on. Thank you, Lord, for a roof over my head. Thank you, Lord, for the hair or lack of hair I have on my head. Sorry, brother-in-law. Thank you, Lord, for the beautiful woman you gave me, the beautiful, the handsome husband, the handsome man you gave me in my life, whoever it is. Thank you, Lord. Everything that you have comes to you from above. That's how you acknowledge him. Are we doing that today? Are we doing that, especially now during this time when it's, when it's a season of recognizing where those blessings come from? Yes. Amen? Yes. And in all your ways acknowledge Him, and then He promises He will make your, path, your paths straight. Have you ever been through life where it seems like you're just, it, it's going zigzag, you go this way, and then all of a sudden you find yourself back over here, and then you find yourself back over here, like you're just bouncing off a wall? You're just going from one direction, or you're hitting a wall like this, some of those games like Pac-Man where you're just boom, 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 hitting the wall and you're not going anywhere. Listen, the Bible is saying here, in all your ways acknowledge Him and He will make your path straight. We try to make our own path straight. 
And I figured it out in my 20s, in my late 20s. I figured it out. It ain't working. It wasn't working for me. I had to do something different. I said, this isn't working for me, Lord. What do I need to do? He said, well, acknowledge me and I will make your, your way straight. And ever since then, I do to the best of my ability that. Am I perfect? No. Far from it. Far from it. Just like you. There's sometimes I fall. I got to pick myself back up. And I got to continue to walk the way he wants me to walk. Amen? Amen. So God's choices, we need to make the choices that he would want for us. Because with him, all things are possible. Yeah. Don't limit him. Don't, don't believe the lie that the devil's told you all your life that you'll never be nothing, that you'll never amount to nothing, that God can't use you, that you're not good enough. God looks at you, and I've told you this before, he has a picture of you, a magnet of you on his refrigerator in heaven. Your picture is right there in all your imperfections. You know why? Because what he sees is he sees you through the eyes of Jesus' blood applied to your life. He sees you as a saved person. He sees you as a redeemed person. He doesn't see that person that's fearful, that's confused, that doesn't know what to do, that stays up late at night thinking about their future and, and how life's beat them up and how they, they can't be that person they thought originally 30 years ago they were going to be. He doesn't see that. He sees the promise you have today. Amen? He sees you because he loves you. Amen? And, and, and that's a loving father. Our, our second point on the outline is God's favor. Say that with me. God's favor. How many desire that today? I don't know about you, but I pray that every day. Every day. Along with wisdom, I pray, God, give me your favor. Give me your wisdom today. So that, and I've shared this with you at this time of the year, when we do go shopping, if I do go with my wife to Walmart... I, I, I say, Lord, give me a parking spot up close, especially those days when it's raining. It's raining in December. And all of a sudden, we're driving, and that person just backs right out. Because I don't have a handicap sticker to put on my rearview mirror. So, so all of a sudden, my girls have seen that growing up. They know that when Dad prays for a parking spot, God's going to give us a parking spot. I get lazy sometimes. I don't want to walk all that way. So God conveniently opens up a door for us, a space for us. He does that because we have God's favor in our lives. He does that because I put him number one. Amen? He'll do the same for you today. But here, God's favor was upon Mary. When Gabriel appeared to Mary, he used the word, he used the word, he called her a favored woman. A favored woman. How many women here today would desire to be called a favored woman? You know, how many of you, come on, let's, let's go public now, wanted to say, I'm mom's favorite, right? I'm mom's favorite. Men, men or women, you know, I don't need to tell them, you know, you know, they know it all, you know, right? That's what you probably grew up saying, but all of you want to have favor. God's favor especially. And so she was favored because she was going to be a special a vessel, a recipient of God's grace. The Lord was with Mary indicates that God would give her his help to, to receive this privilege of giving birth to the, the, the man God, Jesus Christ. Amen? She was about to receive the greatest privilege any woman could ever receive. And that was to give birth to our Lord and Savior. So this word favor, it appears twice in this sermon text that I read to you. It appears twice. 
And I always used to think when I read that growing up, what does that mean? And, and so here, the, the first time as favored one means, I looked it up in the Greek, and this is what it means. It means to show kindness, graciously give, freely give. That's what God did with her. He showed kindness. He graciously gave. He freely gave. And then secondly, the second time the word favor is used, it means kindness, grace, gift, goodwill, favor towards someone. Aren't you thankful for his grace towards you? Amen. Aren't you thankful for his grace? The Bible reminds us in, in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it says, For grace, for by grace you have been saved. For gr by grace you have been saved. See, it's not of your own works. It's not because I'm so perfect and I go to church all the time. That's why I'm saved. No, God forbid. Because then we'd all be trying to do works and trying to accomplish how holy we are. And God looks at that and says, you guys are so off base. And, and it's what he's saying is, it's my grace that saves you. His grace saves you. Amen. So here, God's favor doesn't automatically bring success to you. Do you think Mary had automatic uh, thoughts of success at that time when she was 13, realizing, oh, great, I'm highly favored. She was in a world of hurt. She was thinking, my parents are about to disown me. My, my fiancé is about to uh, kill me. Uh, everybody's gossiping about me. I have no place to go to. Was that favor? Do you think that sounds like favor? No. And what it is, it's a reminder to you and I that even when things don't look right, God has a plan. Say that with me. God has a plan. I don't. We may not see it. It would have been impossible for Mary to see it. But she believed it by faith. How many remember that God promised to be with Moses in the desert for, you know, as, he, as he left Egypt? He was with him. And, and God's favor was on him. Would you agree with that? Why in the world did he spend 40 years in the desert then if God's favor was upon him? God's favor never left him. It was still with him. It was with him the entire time. But we still have to go through a process sometimes. We still have to walk and we still have to fight. We still have to stand up and pick ourselves back up when we fall. God's favor never left her. God's favor will never leave you. If he's called you, if he's, if he's spoken to you, if he's encouraged you sometime... It's never going to end. It, he's promised, given you a promise. Amen? He never takes that back. And that's what happened with, with Mary. She may not have seen that, but what she did was she accepted it by faith. She accepted the fact that uh, this, gave, this angel Gabriel came to her and spoke to her. She didn't know that her son would be born, be rejected by everybody, be despised, be tortured, and ultimately would be crucified. She didn't know that. The Bible doesn't say she was all-knowing. There's only one that was all-knowing, and that was God. But she, by faith, took that on and received that. Mary's submission was part of God's plan to bring salvation to you and I. Mary's submission. Everybody say that word, submission. submission. It's even hard to say. Submission. Say it again. Just, just get set free right now. Say it one more time. Submission. There you go. Submission. It's... It's a very hard word to say, much less a hard word to follow through with. Uh, submit, that's, a, that's almost like a four-letter word. It, it, for some people, it's very tough to, to submit. 
That's the whole principle of being a believer. Did you know that? It's submission. When we can learn to submit to God, we can now learn how to submit to one another. And this is what Mary already had been doing apparently very well. She had submitted to God and was able to say, Lord, let your will be done. Let your will be done. Again, Ephesians chapter 2, for by grace you have been saved through faith. Amen. How many are thankful that they're saved by faith? Amen. I am. Amen. Our third point is God's miracle, which is the virgin birth. God's miracle. As I pointed out, Mary had other sons. She had two other daughters. At this time, though, she was a virgin. The Bible says Jesus was born to a virgin. She remained a virgin, the Bible says, throughout this process. Mary understood that Gabriel was referring to a miracle child that was going to be born in her, overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. She didn't understand that, how that worked. She received that, though. She said, I, I, I receive that. I receive that. See, the, the virgin birth, and let me just share this with you. It's an important doctrine. Doctrine means a teaching in the Christian faith. Although it's only mentioned in two of the Gospels, of the four Gospels, it's not mentioned in the other two. So it's clearly not as important as the resurrection. Our, our faith is really built on the resurrection. That's what gets us saved, that Jesus not only died, but that he rose again. That's the power in us, amen? But the virgin birth is important to us as believers. Why? Why do you ask? Well, let me tell you. Well, first of all, Jesus Christ was God's son. He had to be free of sin. And the only way he was going to be free of sin, being born to a woman, was to be, uh, she, she was overshadowed by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, part of the birth of Jesus, that was his divinity. And then being born in a natural process through, through Mary, that was his human side. And so, be, between those two, he was the only perfect and sinless man ever to be born. Does that make sense? Okay, and so that's why it's important to understand there is no other doctrine, there is no other teaching, there is no other faith that teaches a virgin birth. Jesus was born of a woman. He was a human being, but as the Son of God, Jesus was born without a trace of human sin. Okay, unlike you and I, when we're born... We're born with the curse of Adam in our life. We're born with sin in our life. The Bible teaches that. It's, it tells us that we're, 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 uh, we're born with sin. Jesus was not. He was perfect in all his ways. Amen? Jesus is both fully human and fully divine. Fully human and fully divine. And let me, let me just show you out of Scripture, and I'm getting ahead of myself uh, but uh, John chapter 1, in the beginning, John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And then if you go down to verse 14 of that same chapter, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Who's the Word? Jesus. So let's read that again, verse 1, and substitute the Word for Jesus, where it said Word. In the beginning was Jesus. And Jesus was with God, and Jesus was God. And then in verse 14, and Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. Isn't that plain and simple in the Bible? Aren't you thankful the Bible is plain and simple? It tells us that he came down, he was, he was the son of God. 
He was identified as the Son of God. So, so Jesus was both fully human and fully divine. He has the power and authority to heal, to, to calm the waters, to walk on water. Yet at the same time, he has the, 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 being a man, he knows what it feels like to be rejected, to be hurt, to be, to be despised, to be rejected by your loved ones, even. He felt that. All of his disciples rejected him. Peter, who was greatly used later, cussed the people out when they were telling him, you're one of them. The Bible says he used a foul language to deny that he was with them, with, with Christ. And so God here, through Jesus, was rejected. He can feel and experience everything you and I have experienced. And all because of the birth of, of Jesus through a woman that was willing to be used by God. Are you willing to be used by God today? You may not be in this same predicament, okay? This was a once in a lifetime process. But how many of you are willing to be used by God? I mean, I don't know about you, but if an angel appeared to me, I'm all about whatever you want, Lord, whatever you want, wherever you send me, I'm yours. But do you need an angel to tell you that is the question. Hopefully not. Hopefully you don't need an angel to tell you you need to go this way. Hopefully the Word of God, the Holy Spirit of God can speak to you even from here, even speak to you in your own alone time and, and help you to, to, to show you how you should be managing your life. Amen? Amen. Jesus' miracles, His transfiguration when He, when he rose uh, were all actual historical facts the Bible records. These were acts of God in a human world, in a human world. Jesus' birth was no exception. It was, a, it was a miracle. It was a supernatural act. It never happened before, and it hasn't happened since, and it will never happen again. Because all we needed was one Savior to come into this world. Amen? And here's, here's the importance as I close this morning. The importance, two facts about the virgin birth. Number one, through Jesus' life, his death, and his resurrection, sin's power would be broken. Just like that. How many remember Bo Jackson breaking bats like that? Right? That, that's really a great illustration of, of the power of sin being broken. It's no longer in control of your life. Sin shouldn't control you as a believer because it's been broken. Amen? That's number one. In Jesus, people can come to God for a personal relationship and be freed from sin. See, you don't have to no longer be a, a slave to sin. You, you know, in the past, you may have been a thief. You know what a thief is? Someone that steals. That could have been you in the past. It could, you could have been known as a liar. Oh, there goes that liar. That's who you were in the past. See, God came to save Every one of us. And, and those, are, those are two two things that aren't as severe as, say, what we tend to think as a murderer. God says, they're all the same. Sin is sin. It's disobeying my will. And God said, such were some of you in, in other parts of the Bible. He says, such were some of you. I've forgiven you. You no longer have to be slaves to sin. You can choose me and no longer identify with that old person. That person is gone. Is no longer valid in your life. 
How many can relate to that? How many remember that old person and say, bye-bye, old person. I'm keeping you buried down here. I'm going to keep you buried right here. And every time I see your ugly head pop up, I'm going to stomp on you, cover you up with more dirt. Amen? That's me. I don't know about you, but that's me, and that's hopefully every one of us. Number two. So number one, it's the power through Jesus' life we receive salvation. Number two, Jesus was God's son even before he was born in the womb. How many know that? The scripture I read in John 1 and verse 1, in the beginning was the word. It's not talking about the birth. It's not about the beginning of creation. Even before that, it says in the beginning was the word. The word was already there at the beginning. See, in other parts of the Bible, it says Jesus created part of the world. He created it. In other parts, it says the Holy Spirit did. In other parts, it says God the Father. Wait, I'm confused. No, you shouldn't be. God Almighty, who came and robed himself in flesh so that you and I would receive him through this virgin birth, came so that you would have life. Amen? Jesus did not become God's son when he was born to Mary. He was already God's son. The Bible already declared that. In the birth Jesus, in the birth of Jesus, God himself became human and entered the world. Almighty God, in the beginning, in Deuteronomy 6.4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. There's one God. In John 4.24, it says, God is a spirit. And then here we read in John 1.1 that Jesus came, was the word, and made himself flesh. God, the creator of this universe, who loves you, who put the stars in motion, who put the moon and sun in motion, came to this world for you, for you, for each one of you. And you think you're not special? You are special. Amen? Amen. If you believe that, give him a hand clap right now. He's worthy of our praise. Now, you can try to ignore that fact of the virgin birth, you can, you can haw, hem and haw at it and, and say, well, I'm not sure if scientifically. No, it doesn't matter what you think about it. It's a fact. Jesus said it. He declared it. We believe it. Amen.